0: There are events that test our mettle and our resolve. As we move through this crisis, how are we coping, adapting, fighting on? Join us for local stories of perseverance, creativity, and contributing to community as we showcase Detroit area leaders who share their thoughts and stories and discuss how they and their organizations are managing adversity and serving others. Welcome to Michigan Motors Forward and Metro Detroiters who are pivoting evolving, and moving ahead.
1: Welcome to Michigan Motors Forward. I'm John Gay. With 2,000 staffers across 60 sites in the Lower Peninsula, Samaritas takes care of Michiganders young and old. With me today is the organization's Chief Advancement Officer, Kelly Dobner. Welcome, Kelly. Good to be with you.
0: Oh, thank you so much, John. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: So, Kelly, before we look at the impact of COVID-19 on Samaritas, can you give us just a brief overview of the services that your organization offers?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We have been serving Michigan as one of the largest nonprofits for 86 years now. Now we're headquartered in Detroit, but have sites all over the state. And we serve the young and old, as you mentioned, everything from our child and family service line that includes family preservation and keeping at-risk families together, to foster care, to adoption, and independent living homes for youth that are aging out of foster care so they can work together with our staff and each other in a home environment and gain the life skills they need to be successful adults. We also have been serving the refugee population for over 70 years. We also serve thousands of seniors across the state of Michigan in affordable living situations to independent living, assisted living, memory care, and skilled nursing. And people with disabilities is another major service line for us. We serve those folks in a variety of ways through support services in keeping them in the homes that they enjoy, with some additional supports, and also in in home like settings with other people in their similar situations. It's a wide variety with a lot of different smaller programs in between, but those are the the largest buckets of service and we serve about 13,000 people every single year.
1: There's a wide net of service that you offer to a wide variety of people. And one of the things we're really gonna focus on today is the foster situations that you help out folks with. But I do wanna ask you briefly, um, as we live in this COVID-19 world, the care of the nursing homes, the uh, facilities for older folks, that I'd imagine has presented your organization with a lot of challenges for those spaces that you run.
0: It absolutely has. There have been so many stories as of late, which I'm so pleased to see, in recognizing the emergency situation and kind of the second front line, almost, you could say, of this COVID-19 crisis that we're in. There's a lot of focus on the hospitals and the terrible situations that are happening there and the amazing healthcare workers that sure. are doing so much. But in the skilled nursing facilities, That really is a a second front line, if you will, in taking care of thousands of seniors. And we've had to respond suddenly and immediately to that need. It's severe and drastic. And you wanna try and implement as many infectious disease control practices as you can, which Samaritas, We implemented a lot of practices before COVID happened because flu has a big impact on skilled nursing as well. So we were pretty well positioned to pivot and increase those practices when COVID started creeping in.
1: So Kelly, we're recording this on April 30th, and May is Foster Care Awareness Month. And you do so much work for both kids and the foster parents and the resources that you have available. Can you sort of take us through how you've had to change your procedures with that. Obviously you would meet with these folks in person pre-COVID, but that's not an option right now. So what steps is Samaritas taking to be a resource for everybody involved in the foster process?
0: That's a great question. Our work doesn't stop because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So much of what we do is face-to-face based. And that interaction is wildly important to the advancement of the people in our care. And so we've had to put a lot of things in place to make sure that that can continue. And that's particularly true of our foster care program. I'll say that our work may look different, but our team is going the extra mile to ensure that kids don't feel a second sense of abandonment when these face-to-face visits with birth parents are not possible. So one of our first responses immediately was to equip Both our kids in care as well as the birth families. And a lot of times it was the birth families more than the kids in care because they're in foster care situations that needed an iPad, a tablet, some kind of connective device and certainly the service to that device. That's something that a lot of people overlook that once you have a device, that's fine and good, but having the connectivity as well through subscriptions or whatnot. So that was our first step is to make sure that everybody in our care had a device to be able to connect to birth parents. So through that, we've been able to maintain our visits with birth families. Not the exact same certainly as that interaction that they would have when they're in person, but we can increase that that ability because you're taking that face-to-face time out and you have that most immediate contact right there through that device. So in some cases, it's increased the ability to visit with the birth parents. And that's really important. When kids are in foster care, they have experienced significant trauma that can last a lifetime. Yeah, And so not having that connectivity or lessened connectivity with their birth parent makes them ask questions of what, where's my mom, where's my dad, what's happening in addition to everything else they're absorbing as a result of COVID-19. So we want to do everything we can to mitigate that. And our foster parents have been remarkable partners with our Samaritas foster care team and making sure that the kids have that connectivity to their birth parents as the first and foremost thing that we can do to maintain some sort of normalcy.
1: I think for kids in any kind of a situation, it's probably difficult to understand the pandemic and what's going on. But what you said a moment ago just really struck me about that second time of abandonment where... Obviously, there's a trauma of going through, of being placed in foster care, regardless of what trauma has transpired that led them to that situation. And now you're talking about not being able to physically see birth mom and or dad. That's amazing that you're able to put this technology in the hands of these birth parents, that you don't lose that connection with the kid at an important time, both in terms of the child's development, but also in terms of the time that we're all facing right now.
0: Absolutely, that's important. And I think on the, I keep saying the other side of COVID, I don't know if we're ever going to be on the other side of COVID, but sure, on the other side of this current situation, that I think we're going to start seeing a blending of both of these types of visitations in person and certainly through the device connectivity as well. So I think we're going to see some increasing visitations too.
1: I've heard so many guests on this podcast and then also just in everyday life, people talking about learning technology because they had to right now. People may have been resistant to FaceTime or Zoom or Skype or any of those uh, situations. But I can tell you, I mean, I probably talked to my parents on FaceTime more in the last month than I have in the last year. (laughs) So the idea that now that we've been forced to adapt to this technology, it will become part of our everyday lives. More people are going to be working from home and there are just, you know, like you said, it's hard to say after COVID. But as we start to open things back up, how much different the world will work. And speaking of that, I think one of the great things that Samaritas is doing right now is preparing potential foster parents for what's going to be an influx of foster kids as we get more information and as things open back up. Can you sort of explain where we're at now and what we're preparing for, again, just not to use the cliche, but on the other side?
0: Absolutely. We know, unfortunately, in times of crisis, through the many decades of experience we have in serving a 1,000 kids a day in foster care regularly, that home is not always the safest place for kids to be. Yeah. And right now, because everybody is sheltering in place and courts are closed down and
1: mm-hmm.
0: we're not operating normally as a society in that way, there are less monitors. There are less reporters out there. And so kids are in their homes without the sight of a teacher, a coach, a neighbor, somebody outside of what could potentially be an unhealthy situation. So we've been working very closely with the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services to prepare for what everybody is very confident will be a wave of a need for more foster parents to accommodate the increase in CPS cases, domestic violence cases, all of that that come from this type of situation. And so right now we're talking with our current foster parents to determine the capacity for them to bring on new children into their homes as a starting point. We need to recruit more foster parents always. I will tell you by comparison, Samaritas is the largest private foster care organization in the state, and we serve a 1,000 children a day. Even with that, we can only answer the call for 35% of the kids that need a home, a foster care home. That's pre-COVID. Right. That is pre-COVID. So now, knowing what's happening, that need is going to increase dramatically. And it's a bit of a process to become licensed. We will hold your hand and walk you through the process. But that's why we're starting with our our current foster families to see what other children they might be able to bring into their home. There's even preparation for kids that are COVID positive. Oh, wow. And they might need to leave their home and enter a foster care situation as a COVID positive child. And working with our foster parents today to see who would be able to accommodate that. So it's happening on a number of levels, this preparation for what's coming, as it usually does. And in some ways, too, you know, I'll say there was a headline a number of weeks ago that talked about the increased sales of alcohol. Yeah. And that goes hand in hand with this. You know, a lot of times kids enter foster care because of neglect predominantly, but a lot of times it can be abuse as well. And sometimes that comes with substance use. Yeah, And so we have already seen those headlines pretty early on in this, that can be something to look out for as well. So in the middle of all this, Samaritas is actually launching substance use disorder services. Some of that is in response to what we're seeing and what we know is coming. Ways that we're already helping kids in our care today with those situations.
1: Can you explain what that's going to look like? That's for the parents that are battling substance abuse, or that's for the kids that are victims of abuse? Who is that targeting?
0: Both. Sometimes we have adolescents in our care that do suffer from substance use disorder. And so Mm -hmm. these services are designed to help them. We're implementing telehealth practices to reach those kids in an individual basis and group setting. And then in a lot of cases, we're learning that. It goes right back to what we're saying, that home is not always the safest place for people to be. And the parents are suffering from substance use disorder. And we're working through therapy with the children in those homes to work through those situations.
1: For anybody listening that's inspired to want to help out in some way, Kelly, with these kids that are in need or just in general um, is there a way that they can contribute, whether it's technology, uh, sort of a two-part question here, whether it's the technology that some of these birth parents need to stay in touch with their kids, and also if somebody is interested in becoming a foster parent, and how would that process all start?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yes, I mean, we have completely converted to remote recruiting and remote training, remote licensing to get our families that are interested in helping us serve these kids during this time. Mm -hmm. And so there are home sites that are happening as part of the licensure process right now. Orientations are happening on a weekly basis and it's all being redesigned or has been redesigned for this virtual experience, but again, not stopping the process. I will tell you, we just had an adoption That was done remotely through our work Oh wow! um, during this um, a week or so ago. So like I said, just because COVID is here doesn't mean our work stops. In fact, it only increases.
1: So if somebody is interested in helping out, what are the best ways to reach out and find out more information?
0: I would encourage people to visit our website at www.samaritas.org and visit our foster care pages. And it takes you through the step-by-step process of what you can expect. Uh, There's a form to fill out for somebody to reach you if you want to go that direction. And there's also a calendar of events so you can see the different training and orientation opportunities.
1: Great. With May starting tomorrow, as we record this on April 30th, and when you're listening to this, it's going to be May. It's Foster Care Awareness Month and really trying to prepare for what you said is going to be an influx of kids that are going to need a lot of help as things open back up here in the state of Michigan. Kelly, thank you for all the work that Samaritas does. And thank you so much for your time this morning. We wish you all the best going forward.
0: Thank you so much, John. It was such a pleasure talking with you. Michigan Motors Forward is produced by Jag and Detroit Podcasts in partnership with Tanner Friedman Strategic Communications. Subscribe for free on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are found.